0: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. It's free.
1: Friday is a place to be as Big Noon Sports comes to you live from Innisfree right here at the top of the strip. 25 years, best bar in Birmingham. Matt Coulter is here. Lars Anderson is here. Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker, is here. Did y'all realize, and I didn't until I started doing my pre-show notes, this is a Friday. It's Innisfree. It's homecoming. It's also the 13th. Are you superstitious, Laura Lee?
2: Not really. Me
1: either. You know, I guess that's why I didn't even notice it. Only
2: Are when you? it comes to football though. I mean, we do sit in the same seats. We have to sit in the same order. And it's The same order, that's great. Yes, and if Alabama loses, we all leave our shakers. We only take winning <laughs> shakers. And then we. My sister and I will wear certain jewelry, and if we lose, that jewelry's out. New jewelry's in.
1: You don't just leave it there. You take it back home, put it in the box, right? That's right. Okay.
2: So, sure I you're mean, not leaving, leaving a bunch of
1: bling in your seats.
2: I, don't know. I, don't know, I can imagine
3: you actually ripping bling off and throwing it after a loss and no, leaving it in the That would be the
2: shaker.
1: The <laughs> <laughs> shaker. Yeah, that's. too smart. How about you? You use all superstitious. Does the thirteenth Friday, the thirteenth, mean anything to you? No, because
3: today's my dad's birthday, right? Uh... He, he would have been 85 today. Uh, lost him uh, over two decades ago. He's buried at Arlington National. I was telling you on the way down, uh, it, it's pretty cool in, in, in so many different ways. It's almost like he's come back alive through my kids because he has, or, or sorry, my kids have uh, characteristics and mannerisms of my father. And uh I know he'd be just so proud of all of them. But uh that being said, no, Friday the thirteenth, you know, his birthday falls on Friday the thirteenth quite often, so yeah. Um no, not not scary of it at all. Embrace it. It's a great day. But Homecoming. is it but but the weather the weather must match your mood right now, Matt.
1: Well, I'm not very it's happy. It's a little though. gloomy. You know, the only thing good about Atlanta, and you know that uh, I have a dear friend, Adam Stocks, who runs a bunch of streaming for high school games, and he asks me to do them. And we had one last night, Thursday night, which was kind of rare. But uh, offered, it also gets, you know, I'm off tonight, Harley. Wow. I think I'm going to stay at Free for about six hours. <laughs> now, uh, we're going to go see our buddy Reagan at R&R after the show. But my point is that they kicked off at seven. First pitch was at seven. I missed it all. And, and
3: this is the first game probably in a decade that I watched every yeah, single pitch.
1: So we, we really can't do that. We
0: got to throw. Yeah, we got to throw our shakers right, but away. But here's the, here's
3: the look. Here's why the Braves lost the series. Uh, in a nutshell, uh, this Braves team, by every metric, was the most dangerous offensive team in the regular season. And they end up hitting 186. Uh, the Phil starters. we really doing this. To the Phil starters had an ERA of 2.18. The bullpen had an ERA of 1.26. There's your story. and look, and here we go teams can hit their way to the playoffs right bats mean everything in the regular season but in the postseason it's most often that pitching is decisive it's the uh, baseball equivalent of that uh, old golf maxim drive for show putt for dough you gotta punch you gotta dough. pitch for dough and uh, and the Phillies absolutely had it and uh, I'm sorry I'm sorry
1: Well, I appreciate your sympathy. But it's 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 pretty cool because I've been along this
3: ride with you for about uh, two months now. And you've made me care about baseball again. And hopefully (laughs) you've made others who listen to our show care about it. But uh, just a heart heartbreaking way to go for uh, Atlanta last night.
1: Well, you know, we came in and through the season with a flash, and then we just went damp. I mean, it was just it was hard to believe this is a team that set a record or tied a record for home runs in a season at 307. They get into postseason and they just absolutely go silent. They were outscored by the Phillies. 18 to 6. Ah, oh, that hurts, doesn't it, Laura Lee? It hurts. They had three hits last night. The story is the Phillies pitching. Uh, I, I'd expected them to be good. I told all of y'all that Nola would be great. He was. Uh, but then there are other starters and their bullpen. What do you say the bullpen's ERA was under two?
3: Yeah, that's just uh, uh, and, that, and that's crazy because their bullpen was just
1: what average at best. Yeah. Their bullpen average uh, ERA was one point two six. I don't know who the Phillies pitching coach is, but they just need to go ahead and give him some kind of trophy because what he did over the last five six days has just been amazing. So anyway, Laura Lee, let's talk homecoming. Now, you are the incoming president of the Red Elephant Club. So you, do your responsibilities start now? What are you going to do for homecoming? You making a float?
2: No. (laughs) I did that in my sorority days. I'm done done with all that. And in fact, with the parade being as early as it is. 7 a.m. Yeah, 7 a.m. That's a little early. Uh, but we'll, we'll be in Bryant Denny by, 9:30. So, you know, we might catch some of it, but yeah.
3: So when you were a student here, what homecoming memory sticks out to you?
2: Losing Not putting
3: together the float. Matt gave us this great description of building a bear uh, when he was here. And, uh, you know, uh, chicken wire and and all the crate paper that you
1: stuck in. in. We stayed up all night on ladders just stuck and just continuing to stick all that in there. Good. Here we go. We have uh, fried pickles. Thank you, Maddie.
2: Yay. Um, um, mustard. Um, mustard. mustard. Give, yeah, the, all give the,
1: the, fried the mustard. Give you the mustard a <laughs> yeah. as opposed to last week. <laughs> no, uh, we'll
2: wait. Yeah. We'll oh, wait. God, but, we, yeah, now uh, when I was in college, we did all the pumping for the homecoming, um you know, outside the sororities. And so that was always a lot of fun because we did it every night that week and – then uh there was choreography where uh the dances and everything, which they still do all that. But um yeah, I mean that that was that was a lot of fun making the sororities look good with all the signs. But going well, y'all to Y'all did games, really good ones. Fatari yeah, was a little
1: lame. I mean okay. we were leaning over and uh, our bear fell. Uh one time and I guess the statute of limitations is over. Somebody from um a place behind Fraternity Row called Bryant Hall. Somebody got out there and um oh my. let's just say a, a big lighter and crepe paper can go in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean yeah. it was what as quickly as they burn they go out. But it's it's a festive occasion. I'll ask you this, maybe to kinda of put you on the spot. Why wasn't the parade moved? A, a lot of schools are moving the parades and the festivities, particularly on early kickoffs. Of course, you didn't know. Nobody knows until two weeks right. when kickoff is going to be. So that puts you at a handicap in organizing any event, especially as large as a parade. But do you even know if it was considered?
2: I don't know if it was considered, but I mean, where. Where are they going to move it to? You can't move it to after the game because of the traffic. And do
1: a Friday, 5 you o'clock? do a Friday?
2: Well, they have the pep rally and all that.
1: Then kind you move the pep rally off. to Thursday. I don't know. <laughs> um, but 7 o'clock in the morning on homecoming, lots of people in town, lots of people coming to and it's Free, getting up at 6 o'clock is probably not their wish. Is there a unique
3: homecoming tradition here at Alabama
1: that is just distinctive, again, to the school?
2: Not that I know of. I mean, it's been Beating a Beating somebody's
1: rear. <laughs> I know,
2: except for when I was in school that one year. Um, that, no, not really. I mean, I think it's all typical in that they do the pep rally and announce the homecoming queen and do all that. Now, we used to do a bonfire, but... Um, they're, yeah, that's, they're not that's necessary not a, anymore. yeah.
1: Especially when, after Texas A&M. You
2: right.
1: Were,
3: were you a finalist for Homecoming Queen?
2: No, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even in the running. But uh-huh. my I think You sorority, could have been. I don't
1: know.
3: We yeah.
2: did have um, Homecoming Queen in my sorority.
1: So were you the Homecoming Queen in your sorority?
2: No. Okay. First no. She looks uh-uh.
1: No. Mm-mm. Oh. You know, believe it or not, we're trying to pay you a compliment.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah, we are. It's just uh, you're not you're not
1: receiving it the
3: way it was meant to be directed. Um, but uh, you know, on the other side, I want to talk about uh, what Nick Saban is being compensated to be on the Pat
1: McAfee show. You got the numbers for us? I got the numbers. Let me let's guess. On the other side of the break. Also, Joseph is on hold, a regular caller to Big Noon Sports. will take his call and urge you. We've got people filtering in. It's homecoming. You, you gotta eat. You gotta, you don't have to drink, but you can have a soda, you know, or one of the 42 beers that they've got here. So it's terrific. Great atmosphere on homecoming on Friday the 13th. Drop by and see us. We're in. It's free until two o'clock on Big Noon Sports.
3: Hi. Huh. That's 205 792 1813. Let Haley help you.
0: NLMS number 230376. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight, just a small chance of a shower. The high today 68, the low tonight 60. Tomorrow becoming mostly sunny, the high 76. Sunday much cooler, cloudy at times, maybe a few sprinkles, the high 63. I'm Jay span on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on tide 100.9. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa. From T-Town to the
4: plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is big noon sports.
1: With Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker Matt Coulter, and Lars Anderson, thanks for dialing us in. Please join us. We are at Ennis Free. We'll be till two, but this is a place to be. If you don't have tickets tomorrow? Come watch the game here. Come watch all the games here, and just spend your weekend at Ennis Free. It's a Friday. It's the place to be, especially on Fridays when we're here until two o'clock. Quick note: your code for this hour is thirty thousand dollars is one eight two. So go to our app at. Tide 100.9, just punch in those digits, and you're going to be eligible for $30,000. Also, Robbie Glenn, Just Texas. Prayers are still extended to your mother, but he's reminding me what's happening at 5 o'clock. Alabama's playing baseball against yes, Auburn, Auburn at the Joe.
2: It's free. Free admission.
1: It's in It's free.
2: Well, in it's free, <laughs> but yes, I... I was surprised to see that it was free admission. I did not know
1: that. Yeah. And you just let a lot of people know. Well, So let's pack the Joe. Roll Tide. Fill the Joe. Absolutely. Um, And as opposed to what happened last year, that's in the rearview mirror. I have good thoughts about Alabama baseball this year. Meantime, you can dial us up. If you can't make it by and it's free, you can call 205-342-9904, which is exactly what Joseph has done. How you doing, Joseph?
5: I'm doing good. How you all doing? Terrific. Well, I'm, guys, I'm a little heartbroken today because uh, my Braves lost all
6: five
5: mm. i very, uh, I don't know what to say because, I mean, how do you say the best team in baseball, the Phillies are better than? I mean, I don't know what the right Braves Right now they're not. Do. I mean, I don't know what the Braves need to do to get past their struggles. I mean, it's like I was talking to somebody today. I think it was uh, Gary, the Gary Harris show. The Braves only won a championship every 20 something years, so I guess the next time we win a championship, it'll be 2046 or something like that. But, um, I just disappointing. I believe the manager did an awful job this this, this playoff series. First of all, you know, Joseph, hang
1: on, hang on. I got, I, got, I got to stop you. I got to stop. He won 104 games, so was he a bad manager then? He didn't suddenly just turn into a bad manager. He ran into a buzzsaw. The Philadelphia Phillies.
5: Well, but he's like, yes. Uh, you don't take the best batting lineup in baseball and change it in the playoffs. You don't do that. The Braves had the best bat lineup in baseball, and he all of a sudden just changes it. He decides to change it in the, the playoffs. Why? Not, why do that?
1: You do that to create a pitching matchup that's in your favor. I mean, that's what he's, I mean, that's what managers do. But if you think the way they batted, the order they batted, had was part of their problem, barely. No,
3: that's your Good, good thought, pitching beats ball. good hitting every day of the week. Philly's, p- Philly's <laughs> pitching staff got hot. I don't necessarily think it was the Braves' bats got cold. Philly's pitching staff just was uh, on a roll. And as you said earlier, Matt...
1: The MVP of that series is the Philly pitching coach. Yeah, they interviewed him during Game Three. It's pretty cool. All right, Joseph, talk some
4: football with me.
5: Well, I mean, I'm gonna say one more thing about baseball. The thing about it is the MVP because he didn't do nothing that series, totally nothing. I mean, I mean, even when my base is loaded, I could have never pop out. To, to the field. How do you best play baseball and you pop it out to center, pop it out and get called out when you get bases loaded, a chance to win the game? To me, a best player in baseball, you make that play. You got to make that play.
1: All right, now let's move to football. <laughs>
5: let's, go, let's go.
1: What's your prediction for Saturday?
5: Alabama's going to blow out fast. Alabama. I'm I'm thinking two.
1: It was probably 38-14. to 38-14. That's pretty close to what I predicted. You said
3: 36-17. I said 34-17. Laura Lee, what's your uh, crystal ball reveal to you about uh, what's going to transpire? Brian Denny here in, uh, I don't know, 18 hours, 24 hours, 23 hours. <laughs> I'm doing the math.
2: Well, I'm going go. to go not pretty to
3: watch me do the math live. <laughs>
2: yeah, we've already uh, come to that conclusion, yeah. right?
3: No, I I had my Rain Man moment once with Matt about yeah, two weeks ago. ago.
1: <laughs> we, just, were, we were sitting at Bob's in Vestavia, and all of a sudden he just went, whap, 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 on very difficult actually complex math. Yes. Yeah. I was, wow. Uh,
3: but that was like a once in a lifetime. Anyway, <laughs> we digress. Your thoughts.
2: Well, I think that we're going to score more points uh than that. There's I, your mathematics. I, there's your mathematics. But no, I was looking more around 42, 45. I think it depends on their defense, which is pretty good, um, and some of their injuries and whatnot. And if our offensive line does what they did at Texas A&M, I think their defensive line, I think that's going to be a wash because uh, I, I, would, I think we were all shocked by the offensive line work at Texas A&M. I, I said they needed to play over their heads, and they did. And actually, it was really what they're capable of doing. But we just hadn't seen it. So if our offensive line allows uh, Jalen to throw the ball more, um, you know, we would like to see the run. But we haven't seen a lot of that. We just haven't, um, sadly. Yeah, so, it would
3: be nice to see Alabama come out and uh, really establish the run and do better than 23 yards, which is what they rushed for last week in College Station because you're not going to win many more games this year by running for 23 yards. You can't just rely on uh, Burton to have the game of his life and Milro to hit a couple long balls and, and a block kick, um, you know. A lot of good things happened to Alabama in that A&M game, but one thing that wasn't great, Matt, was the rushing offense.
1: No, 0. 0.9 per carry. Oh. Of course, that includes sacks. I always like to note, note that. But um, I think that'll change today. The offensive line is getting better and better and better. You know, there were weaknesses earlier in the year. They couldn't protect Mill Road. They had difficulties in this game, too, giving up five sacks, but I think they're collectively becoming more of a group, and I think if you'll notice... We've made some substitutions up there. Uh, Mm -hmm. Roberts played. That's an injury substitution. But I think they're trying to get some other guys in there to try and find the perfect fit. And I hate to just be kind of blunt about it, but J.C. Latham is is a work in progress. He's marvelous. I mean, you want to talk about a specimen for an offensive line? He's going to be a first-round draft pick. He will be. But what's the toughest position in all of college football to come in and start? Uh, I mean, I I, I know I say you want to say
3: left tackle, but I'd still go with quarterback. But left tackle, I think, would be the second hardest. Well, quarterback. especially is. in the SEC, because the defensive linemen
1: in the SEC are a different level. And you know why? Because you got Braswell and you got Dallas Turner, and you're trying to fight those guys off. Yeah.
2: So. Yeah, our line our linebackers are. Obviously, I mean, our linebackers are DBs. I mean, when you look back, I don't think anybody can deny that the turning point last week was when Caleb Downs uh caught the interception yeah. and turned it back around. But you're looking at our DBs, but our, our linebackers are all over the place. I mean, we have great depth there and I think Arkansas is going to have a lot of trouble with that and so that's why I think the line has gone up higher and I, last I saw it was like 24 or something oh, I don't know, hey, I, I, don't know, know. I mean I hadn't it looked here. this morning <laughs> but that's what I I heard, and I was like, well... We're
3: operating under, what, 16.5 yesterday?
2: Well, I thought it was 17, 17 (laughs) and a half, and then I heard 24. I'm like, 24 was uh, that injuries? I don't know. I'll look it it up 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 in the break. Or whoever I heard it from made it up. But having said that... That's why I was saying I think I'm going to go up a little bit higher. And it's probably just being hopeful because I want to see a score in the 40s and not the 30s. But I think Arkansas is going to have a harder time getting into the end zone. So, I do
1: too. I, Even with KJ Jefferson, and he is a threat every play. But I think Alabama's going to have him covered. And normally that's a quarterback that Alabama's been known to have some difficulties with. However, I want to go back to one, As of, one of the other all-
3: As of two hours ago, uh, by the way, uh, the standard line in Vegas was Alabama favored by 19.5. So it has Alabama. gone up a little bit. It's gone up a little bit uh, from yesterday when we were doing our picks with Reagan.
1: You mentioned Caleb Downs talking first-round draft picks. And I know six, seven games of the season, that's kind of like calling a shot. But he has been the most impressive first-year player in Crimson this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And
3: uh, we talked about this yesterday. Caleb Downs, if it gets to the point where Alabama is in the SEC championship game and facing Georgia, who do you want going against Brock Bowers? You want Caleb Downs going against Brock Bowers, and uh, I think, and we will get into this a, a lot more if it unfolds the way we think it's going to unfold. We're gonna we'll analyze the potential of the Alabama Georgia matchup to death. But just at first blush and looking at it. I think Alabama matches up really well against Georgia just uh, based on style of play, where the strengths of Georgia are, where the deficiencies are. It matches up well with where Alabama's strengths are and Alabama where
1: they're not as strong. And Carson Beck's just getting better and better. So is Jalen Milrow.
2: Yep, exactly. You're, right.
1: You're exactly right.
2: And so I think it's going to be interesting to to see. One of the things that I thought about is when you look at K.J. Jefferson, he's built a lot like Jalen Milrow. They are very similar quarterbacks. Well, who's our defense defending is Bill In Road. practice, yeah. In practice, and so I think that's gonna help them a lot this weekend.
1: Good morning. more fried pickles. All right, we have our entree here, or d'oeuvre We'll order up later. Get a burger or a wrap. But uh, want we'll to invite you? We will be here until two o'clock for Homecoming Friday at the Free. It's a place to be. Drop by and see Lars, myself, Laura Lee, Thompson, the Bama Broker. We're bringing you big news sports. Kip Tyner is in the house. The second most, imp- what is he? He's now president of the council. It means you can do a lot of good things, and he has. I'm going to make him sit down here in a minute. You're listening to Big News
4: Sports. Hey, Bama. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Alright,
1: uh, come enjoy the atmosphere, and then some, as we broadcast live from Free on a Friday. Uh, myself, Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson. Oh my. Look at
2: that.
1: Look <laughs> at that big brownie with that. What
2: is this, a brownie Sunday?
1: <laughs> wow. Laura Lee.
2: Now it's Thompson. not for me bar- It's my husband. you better husband. eat that
1: uh, Bama broker. Lars Anderson is here and in- my dear friend of 40 plus years. Wow. Is, uh, do you like hearing that? Man, <laughs> yes. You know, I. Cause it means
6: we're still alive. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you're still very active and I try to be. So yeah. uh, maybe it's a, just a tribute to whatever was in the water there over on 15th
6: Street. There was something.
1: <laughs> Isn't it cool that we're now on TVC again? I absolutely
6: love that. I started to call in when I heard it and I couldn't get in. I was going to say, you know, that just, that made me smile. It, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it felt like home.
1: And you can go home again. You can. In radio to a certain extent. Absolutely. What's
6: going on in the city of Tuscaloosa? Well, you know, this is an amazing weekend with homecoming and Kentuck Festival. Um, So it's, it's hard to get a hotel room. I heard you talking about the parade earlier. I did something on Facebook that no one's ever done before, I believe. I got over 400 comments on what I thought they should do. Only one person disagreed with me. Oh, no way. Out of 400. What, it was, all right, well, uh, what, what was your plan? I said have the parade on Friday night at mm-hmm. 6 o'clock. Yep. The parade goes right into the pep rally and the bonfire. And because, you know, the bonfire's set up, they're ready. And so you just, the merchants would love it. You have a nighttime parade. You come down your regular route, go right into the quad. And then you have your pet rally and bonfire, you'll have more people for both. Seven A.M. is I think it's ridiculous. Five AM lineup. Imagine you've got children. That's 3 a.m. You got to get up. They got to potty. How many times before they get in their baton uniforms? (laughs) Potty. Potty. You are so old school. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm trying to be be good on the radio. Well, you have been for 40 plus years. No worries there. But they didn't ask me. You know, and so now, I mean, I just think it's, it's a bad decision. 7 a.m., you know, I believe that the crowds will definitely not be uh, as they usually have. and But the 5 a.m. lineup, Saturday morning, that's tough.
3: We're talking to Kip Tyner, the uh, president of the Tuscaloosa City Council. What uh, and we've talked to Walt Maddox about this a a couple times, but from your perspective, what are the number one or two issues uh, that the city confronts on game day? Uh, Is it uh, you know obviously safety is number one, but uh, just talk about that and also just other uh, logistical aspects.
6: Well, it is. First of all, it's incredible to be able to have University of Alabama in your city, Um, but. The hardship it uh, puts on our police department, our firemen, our paramedics, all of our uh, street departments, too, because, you know, by Sunday morning, everything will be completely clean. You know, they're amazing, do an amazing job. But it's really tough on our police. They don't like the 11 a.m. starts at all um, because they have high school football. Oh yeah. And then they've got to go right Didn't into the parade now earlier. And then the game day and um you know if they the police is it basically all hands on deck? Everybody, like everybody everybody's working on game day. Everybody and pretty much the entire fire department too with all the paramedics and And do you get help from surrounding communities? Um, Yes. Yes, absolutely. Northport um, comes in, Brookwood, uh, Vance, um, UA, of course, um, and uh, State Troopers. So um, it takes takes more than just our TPD, but they do the lion's share of of all the traffic. You know, which is which is pretty major.
3: Yeah. That's so do good. you know, if you're coming from Birmingham,
6: can you give us a secret way? I sure can. You come right through Alberta, baby. I'm <laughs> you know right going do? right through your district. That's it. <laughs> exactly. How
1: many different restaurants do you recommend they
3: stop? <laughs> yeah. Everyone
6: every that's open, they're, yeah. they're ready
1: for you. And you're going to be working
3: each one glad in, right? That's yeah. right. Well, I tell you,
6: especially this time next year, because you guys, Lars, you, and Matt, have been so great to promote um, Tiger Woods, pop stroke and their their permits have been issued now they're um, their, their finally all their plans have been approved the permits have been issued and by this time next year you know we're going to have a, a major um you know, the pop stroke, of course, will bring even more people through University Boulevard, but I when, will tell when you. It is groundbreaking for them. Um, well, they're still saying by the end of the year. Okay. Uh, I still okay. feel like it's going to be right after the first of the year, to be honest, because of the weather. You How know, about we, the golf course? I mean, they're, are they still
1: planning on building a, an 18 hole? Two. Two? Yeah. When does it do you see the groundbreaking? They, yeah.
6: They say they can drop it in. <laughs> Mine's it's been like WKRP Lil- like the turkeys. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's, God is my witness. I thought turkeys could
6: fly. <laughs> Remember that episode Yeah, of I, that I,
3: I've said. watched
1: every episode. <laughs>
6: that was you so And TV By the way, scene. you
1: in no way were even close to being less nasty.
6: Oh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> no, What no, a compliment. No. I don't know. You know, that's <laughs> the only part of <laughs> the love of God. I did not like. No, I was <laughs>
1: Of Les Johnny Fever's greatest line was, "Hey, let's get back to music." And Les Nessman.
6: <laughs> but you know the Tiger folks said they can basically drop it in and have the course completed in three months. Yep. Yeah.
3: So, so for our listeners in Tuscaloosa, can you just explain what we're talking about? Just give the the, the, the big picture view of this of, of the Tiger Woods. Oh there. yeah.
6: Yeah. Well, the pop stroke right now. If you're familiar with the Hampton Inn and the Baumhauer, right on uh, in, the, uh, in the magnet school, right on on McFarland Boulevard. They're well underway. Um, the construction is really starting to take shape. It will be in a 218 hole, basically putt-putt golf on steroids. It's from age 3 to 100. Um, and they'll have a restaurant, beer garden, um, children's playground area, as well as Tiger. I, I don't know if it's his brand, but they have a homemade ice cream parlor. Um, but I'm excited about the restaurant and the beer garden, you know, because... But, but the golf is going to be amazing. You got one for the kids. Like, I think it's like 12 and under. Then you got the adults on one. So that's a pretty smart move too, because you, know, you got the little kids and they're, they're going to take their time.
1: Well, the Pratt Boys are going to go out there and just take this course over and play, well, play serious putt putt And that course can hold it. It's endless.
6: The possibilities you think of thunder, because you've spoken with the Tiger people and they said they want to not only They didn't just choose Tuscaloosa to have a successful pop stroke and make money, but they chose that they want to be a very integral part of the community in every way. Sponsorships and things such as this. And
3: And Tuscaloosa was one of the first communities that they targeted. First college. First college town.
6: Came down between us and Texas A&M. And I believe Justin Thomas... And then Coach Sewell at UA Golf had well, was the reason why. Yeah, cool. J.T. JT yeah. I didn't
3: know that. J.T. is really uh, close with Tiger. Very
6: close.
1: Um, I yeah, think so. I
6: think that that's what put us over A and M.
1: Larley, did you have a question? Well, I was- You live here.
6: Well, yes. (laughs) What are you brokering today?
2: (laughs) Well, you know, here's the thing that we adults want to know. And you mentioned the restaurant, and this is what I was gonna ask you is, you know, every time we get a new quote restaurant, it's a hamburger joint or a chicken joint. We want Restaurant.
6: That's what this is.
2: So, what type is it going to be? Well, you know,
6: I think they—they, they, you can easily Google it and get a menu from the many different places. But I believe it targets where they're for, where they are. Like, um, they're in Glendale, Arizona, Chicago, Houston, um, you know, Fort Lauderdale. So, Jupiter is their headquarters. But this thing. I was what I've been told, and actually Mark Cobb from Tuscan News did more study than I did about the menu. But it's a very nice sit-down restaurant, and it also has the um, balconies outside that you can dine outdoors as well. Um, I'm really ex- excited about it because it's it's a it's not a chain, it's Tiger's chain. So, but it is a sit-down restaurant. It is no more chicken, t- and they may have chicken tenders, but. It's not a chicken tender place or, um, or a burger joint.
2: Excellent. I you love this, this.
3: This is, Matt, this is democracy at work. This is
1: a constituent yes. talking to her
3: representative. Well, well we're missing and I and love that.
1: And the cigars and the bourbon. Well, yeah, yes. I guess
3: That's
1: we can I wanted to ask you, um, what has
3: been the most difficult interaction you've had with a uh, constituent?
1: Somebody who lives in your district, Kip. Wow. Well, besides being threatened, <laughs> not many. <laughs> well, threatened. Well, how <laughs> that can just, anybody threaten isn't Kip? Isn't that
6: the truth? That's well, what that's I told her. Why are you threatening <laughs> me?
1: <laughs> with, with your batting average
6: of uh, 399 out of 400, I, <laughs> I wouldn't was, think I, many people challenged you. I was shocked <laughs> at that, and I still want to call her name out, <laughs> but I won't do it. Um, but well. I did get followed home uh, after I opposed a body piercing um, establishment right in the University Boulevard in Alberta, and I opposed it and and it didn't happen, but you know I thought the first thing you come back from a tornado and you see a body piercing yeah place is not exactly inviting for <laughs> other other well actually how many do you, you have? <laughs> How many body piercings <laughs> do I have? <laughs> That's just <crazy>. Come well,
1: <laughs> I could show you, but uh, really, I'm, what a dumb question.
2: That, that's from years yeah. of knowing each other yeah. because otherwise, you know what? I feel is, like there is
3: a lot here, Loralee, yeah. that we are not uh, Yeah, but You're about
1: to both. Yeah. I'm yeah. so sorry.
2: Let, let, let's move past that, and one of the things, let's talk about real estate in that one of the things we realtors, and we're seeing it more and more, is college students moving out into that area and what that could do for your district
6: well i tell you what it's i i'm i'm different than most of government officials i love students um and i have some in my area who we don't want any more students well you want the restaurants don't you and you want this and you want that so you've got you've got to have you have students with expendable income so if you want these restaurants to come out here you, you know you better embrace the students um I, what i was and we do have when we've got a significant number but what another reason it's universities moving our way, yeah. I mean, you know we got not only the tiger woods we got two um we got golf courses universities building right now, which is they're moving on a fast track and that will be for the their men's and women's team um we've got an eleven million dollar tennis expansion right now that's going out for bids next week uh, which will bring some of the best junior tennis players across the country so all of that is really leading to some, you know, some major. I think some major changes and announcements coming to the Alberta area. I want to ask you one more before we yeah, let you one go. One mile from campus. Yeah, exactly,
2: exactly.
1: And excuse my <laughs> geographic ignorance here, but yeah. the ESPN Resort. Now, yeah. is that in Northport? Is that in Tuscaloosa? It's in Tuscaloosa.
6: Tuscaloosa. Well, that's big time. Big time. And let me tell you, the, what's so interesting? I had actually met with them a couple of years ago because they were actually looking at the spot where Tiger Woods ended up taking. Okay. How great is that that they didn't? Because now we got the pop stroke there, and it's um it's basically Rice Mine Road. It's it's in the three five four zero six city of Tuscaloosa area. I think it's fantastic, it's unbelievable. It's right across the street from the campus. Yes, S I whatever it's
1: called. Yeah, it's, it's um, that's it's, it. Whoa, did I just bury your magazine? Yes, you did. Sorry, <laughs> it is. Um, I don't work. It anymore. is Sports it's, it
3: Illustrated. Even, it
1: doesn't resemble
3: no,
2: and, uh, uh, a, a, a skeleton
6: of what I work for. Because if it was ESPN, they'd be having layoffs. So, oh,
2: yeah. Well, that land's already cleared. That's the area. So, have they? said like how long they're looking at I think a year. A year from, so a when year from... Actually,
6: yeah, when that before they actually open.
2: Okay, so a year from now it could be open. Yeah.
6: That's
2: it's a, fantastic. You know, it's
1: a, it's a, can you stick around for a couple a of a resort. you stick I, around or do you need to go? I'll, I'll as long as you need me. What a guy. What a politician. <laughs> All it's not right. even election year. It's
3: no wonder that you and Walt Maddox are best friends.
1: <laughs>
6: I've got a meeting with him at 2.30. <laughs>
1: we should get him down here and ask him about this parade. Oh, you've already spoken about that. <laughs> yeah. so. All right. Uh, we are live at Innisfree. It is Friday the 13th. Uh, no superstitions here. Just lots of really good food, good people. I always like to tell... Um, those that are listening to the show and come by here, how great the servers are. Uh, they really take care of us, too. So, you're listening to Big News Sports.
0: Coming up up. on The Game with Ryan Fowler.
5: Coming up on the Friday edition of The Game, we'll do our SEC Parlay Pick Contest presented by Brian Harden Construction. We'll feature Rodney Orr. We'll feature Lee Sterling. We'll feature Brent Feard. All starting at 2 o'clock here on The Game on Tide 100.9 and 1230 WTBC. The home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports.
0: The longest running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight, just a small chance of a shower. The high today 68, the low tonight 60. Tomorrow becoming mostly sunny, the high 76. Sunday much cooler, cloudy at times, maybe a few sprinkles, the high 63. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
4: More big noon sports coming up.
1: Here's Matt and Laura Lee. Our special guest is Kip Tyner, City Council President for Tuscaloosa. We are live at free and we need to drop by all weekend, really. Watch the games yeah. tonight. Watch the games tomorrow. Um, it's not in your district. I'm sorry, Kip. But, <laughs> but it's Tuscaloosa. The new arena awesome.
6: will be in my district when they ever build it. Up, update. Where are we? Well, I heard at least it passed... Some part of it passed the board, UA but trustees' agenda at their August meeting. Um, so the problem I've got with it, and they don't listen to me either, like the parade. Don't make it like Auburn. I mean, you know, we we are we do not look. I I love. 15000 You got Kentucky, you got Tennessee, you got Arkansas expanding there. You got arenas. Nate Oates. I think yes, and up. you're going to drop it to 10000 or less. I think that's a huge mistake. And I'm a forever season ticket holder. In fact, I've got to pick mine up today. For now. Yeah, exactly. Did you see
2: how much they went up? I mean, our
1: tickets
6: doubled. It's unbelievable. Doubled.
2: Doubled from last year, that
6: they tells doubled. Me they are going to build a 10,000 seat arena. Well, they're, they're going to do that to your tickets. See, that's not, and that is so unfair. You're outpricing people to come. You're outpricing the kids, and you know, because I can remember just so well when, you know, Mercer, whoever they're playing, you know, that they, they'd give it, you know, 100 tickets out to Boys and Girls Club, the Barnes Branch, you know, the underprivileged lower economic areas, and and that's over with. That That's not going to be done anymore, and I think that's very important. And growing up as a kid here, my dad, you know, guys, we lived at Foster Auditorium, and I remember the first time, the first game against Sanford in the Coleman Colise- Memorial Coliseum then. But I cannot see why you would reduce seats. And when you try, you're obviously growing the sport,
2: and you're going to make it ten thousand. Well, what Greg Byrne said in one of our meetings was that they took, they looked at the attendance of the last year and looked at those numbers and that that was more of an average attendance but the challenge is is that you have a lot of people who buy these tickets for points and then they don't come now having said that the price of these tickets and these club level seats is so astronomical That you're pushing out a lot of people that would come otherwise.
6: How, absolutely. H- how much are we can you tell us? I mean, are you? I haven't gotten guy? the price on mine today. I'm going to get them after uh, this afternoon. I'm I not. I'm that not that in the Tide Pride group. I'm one. I'm from me to you in the Tide Pride group, and, <laughs> and mine are so much. So My word, like half of there of what the net just next to me was paying. Um, so I know probably, what
2: the cost is, and I don't know that I can say it out loud on air, but it's a lot.
1: they probably like football or five years ago.
2: Um,
1: can you comment? Uh, All right, let's not press that issue. I
2: can't tell I, you I, I, that I, would,
6: I don't know
2: mine will It be. will cost <laughs> me more money for two tickets in the new Coliseum than it does for my high-level.
1: Football tickets. I think that gives us all well, an
3: yeah. idea. Well, yeah, you know what? This is uh, worthy of a deeper dive discussion. I want to see exactly the middle class <laughs> fan
1: <laughs> is I'm absolutely yes. getting
2: squeezed I'm Yes. No,
1: they're out.
2: out. And that used
3: right? to
1: be the main down. group you pitched. Yeah.
0: And now and taking your son and your daughter is just going to,
1: you'd have to take out a second mortgage. Drop can you help me with that? <laughs>
2: <Right>? <laughs> no. Well, you are. I know you can. You know, I'm,
1: I'm
6: yeah. thinking of Sarah Patterson. Sarah, uh, you know, of course, we all know what she did with gymnastics. And she told me once, she used to be a regular on my show, and, and we'd give away, you know, tickets. She And she told me, she said, you're basically local, all local audience, but because of, we probably grew a thousand seats or a thousand attendants a year because of what we were able to do on your show. Well, those people for basketball too, they're not going to be able to afford it now. Or even, you know, I don't know about gymnastics, but that, those local folks who will fill those seats in for the midweek games and the, you know, mid-level games and the ones that nobody, the Alabama State and whatever, they're they're not going to pay that kind of money to go to those games. You're going to have to bring Gonzaga to Tuscaloosa and, and quit doing the Birmingham and Huntsville games. You know, because people need big-name teams to Tuscaloosa if you're going to pay that kind of price. I violence.
1: never really thought about them taking on that to Huntsville because I imagine the season tickets are applicable to whatever other arena you go to. No. 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 They're not?
2: They're, no, no. They're
1: not. So if you buy season tickets and they play, and I like the fact that they play in, in my hometown Huntsville and particularly where I live now, Birmingham. Yeah. No. Nope. It's so what do they do? They just open up the arena to all new seats? Well, no. All new buyers.
2: Well, no. They give you the opportunity to purchase them, but they are not in They're your They're not seat. in your package. They're not in your package. Hmm.
6: So that's yeah. why I went to the Oregon game. When, I forget how much it was, but it was, anyway, I'm... I just hate it because I have you know, to reduce it you can't grow the sport. And it reminds me of these beautiful new high schools across the river. Northridge high school, it's growing, leaps and bounds. But they already built as soon as they built the school they were building portables.
1: Oh, that just doesn't sound like really good management. All right, let's hold let's hold this discussion here. All that being said, you more than anybody else will know. How much does the University of Alabama do for Tuscaloosa?
6: Oh my goodness! You know, I mean, yeah. they—they're another city in terms of population. What yeah. is, it, is it, thirty-eight thousand now? Yeah, it's, it's all right. Yeah,
1: that's well, a lot of income to Tuscaloosa.
6: I don't agree with a lot of the things the University of Alabama does, and and but I, that's that's good. That's fine. You are they a graduate, by the and way. And they don't agree with a lot of things that I say either. Um, you know, one example was the tickets to selling alcohol. You know we wanted to get a dollar or 2 dollars to 3 dollars a ticket by city the, yeah the city for alcohol sales. I thought that was fair because University of Alabama pays zero for our overtime for our police and our fire. Yeah. So we wanted to, if they were going to sell alcohol, I mean, what's three dollars on your? You ticket? were united
3: with Walt in that, right? Yeah. That was and the that's the only time I can remember. Sort of Greg Byrne and the city of Tuscaloosa at loggerheads.
6: Yes, and and, and how I, was that resolved? Well, it was, but um,
3: not to your liking. <laughs> no,
6: no, 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 because what they did was. Um, we will—I forget. There's something to do with the sales tax increase that we'll get from the alcohol, and also they gave partial scholarships to some of our police and yeah, fire children. But um, you know, my whole thing—it was going to—we desperately need to, um, to get on the state pension fund with our police and our firemen, and this was an amazing way to do that. And the University of Alabama could said, "Look, we contributed greatly to the police and fires." but they didn't see it that way. And you know, um, and there were some t- there were some really hurt feelings and bad things said um, because one thing was said from the university official was that well we could do the games without Tuscaloosa Police Department. And I'm going. And that's what really set oh, us off because
3: I don't know about that.
6: What a what I'm a sorry, what that a dumb be. statement. No. I'd like to see them try one weekend without our TPD.
1: Hey, we got to get to the top of the hour. You go. You've got to deliver all your lunches, and you got a meeting with a mayor. But, I uh, do, but, you know, this has been business. great.
6: Thank you for... Um you're sponsoring this, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I love it. I listen every Friday, and thank you, Laura, for that. And I will certainly send as many people as I can your way. Thank you. Bama Broker. Yeah, Bama just... Broker. And Matt, love you, buddy. Yeah, I love you, too. Lars, man. it's so great to see yeah, you. Absolutely. See and I will tell the mayor hello in about an hour. Please just
1: tell him come by and see us. He did one Friday. I will. And he's wide open. We'll even buy him lunch. Huh? Yeah. We'll make our contribution.
6: as is under $25.
1: I
3: know, I've got a <laughs> he friend did tell of mine. us that he can pardon misdemeanors. So, we've got
1: that going for us. Lars, you're not a misdemeanor guy. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> I'm all or nothing, I'm baby. Just kidding. I don't need Thank you, funds. Kip. Uh, where it is <laughs> is free. Join us on Big Nuns Sports.
3: the entire process, the Bama broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama broker Laura Lee at thebamabroker That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker
0: It's the Tide 30 k workday payday. Win cash every weekday eight to five. Here's this hour's cash code five eight four. Again, that's five eight four. The code is five eight four. Enter that code now on the Tide 100.9 app. Click on the 30K Payday button and enter the code for a chance to win
4: $30,000. This is the Big Noon Sports Network.
1: Well, you hear the crowd, Bama fans? I didn't be a few whoopie Sueys. Any audience. Arkansas coming over yeah, from Arkansas, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. I was born and uh, lived the first couple of years of my life in Fayetteville. Um there's yeah. uh, Kim just said he spent a year there cancer treatment. Bless you. Good. Oh, nice. Glad to hear that. Um, we're at free where we are every Friday of the football season. We're getting ready for homecoming. Heck, homecoming is here. So drop by and have a beer and uh, grab just grab the menu and pick something because I promise you you'll be able to find something.
3: Matt, um, I have a question that I want to ask both you and Laura Lee, and it's a journalism question. And I really want both of your perspectives on this. Um, so according to a New York Post story that just came out, uh, Pat McAfee and his show, The Pat McAfee Show, is absolutely blowing up. Uh, according to this report, and, and McAfee has not denied this, that, uh, his two biggest guests, uh, Nick Saban and Aaron Rodgers, are both receiving money for their weekly appearances on the program. And it seems to suggest that they each are getting about a million dollars a year, a million dollars a year. And McAfee addressed this yesterday, and this came out uh, in a, a, again, a New York Post story by Andrew uh, Marcan, who I think does a really good job covering the media. But um, Andrew wrote that uh, McAfee is media savvy. He, so McAfee signed an $85 million deal with ESPN. And what he's doing is he's taking money that he is being paid to pay people to help his business, right? And so when uh, McAfee addressed this yesterday on his show, um, he essentially said that look our company went from being valued from anywhere from two million to five million a few few years ago to now it's five hundred million. And he said, like, I'm not saying that just to flex, but I'm like, you know, I want to help the people that have helped me. So therefore I am going to compensate Aaron Rodgers, who used to come on for free, right? Aaron's been coming on the McAfee show for a while. And now getting Nick Saban to come on again for uh, in the neighborhood of a million dollars a year, so the old school journalists are up in arms about this blame because him. the the sort of number one thing you don't do as a reporter is pay for interviews. However, we're in a whole new world of journalism. So uh, I'll start with you, Matt. Do you have a problem with it? Yeah. And then Laura Lee, do you? Uh, have an issue with it as someone who is, uh, you know, receiving this content. You want to know that, that both, uh, Nick Saban is being compensated for his m- time, uh, mil- to the tune of a million dollars a year for, uh, what, like, uh, uh 15 minutes, uh, a week.
1: And, uh, and then Aaron Rodgers also. So, Matt, you go first. Well, it sets a horrible precedent for our business, you know? If it starts here, and I realize that ESPN and and these two individuals are at the highest platform you can be. I understand their value. But how far does it trickle down? I mean, I'm probably being very extreme here, but, you know... People going to start asking for money every time you put them on the air? Well, yeah, and that's the other issue. Like, you
3: know, what if, um, say, I'm still working at Sports Illustrated or I'm just uh, freelancing a big piece and I need 15 minutes of Nick Saban's time. Okay, that'll be 100 grand. I can't do that. Hey, right? Hey. So, I mean, eventually, and this is where we're going with NIL yes. and, 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 uh, and and people paying for interviews. They are. They are paying players for I mean, there's people, for
0: there's people
3: in Burma. Birmingham, who are paying for interviews, that we can't we can't afford that
1: uh, on our shoestring budget. That, what they do leads. is they get trade from um, another business, yeah, and that yeah. but they get paid. Yeah. They are compensated, yes. and it's becoming more and more commonplace. And I think that uh, it's, it's, if you're an old school, you're a journalist, journalist, you don't like it, and um, this is really I'm troubling. not going to do it. It's I mean, really it's, troubling to me. Yeah, I mean, but, it's but I, good. I, I I'm glad it, it is, Lauri. What do you think? Because you are a viewer. You're the consumer and, and of and the And You're the content. consumer of it. You're on you're on the other side you're on the T V side watching it.
2: Right. Well Is it worth I think it may have something to do with agents because I know with the Red Elephant Club, like we wanna get Greg McElroy. We can't can't afford him and he's like, you know, I'm sorry. You can't but afford me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: I've spoken but, a couple times.
2: And then his agent. And so if they're demanding that, then you know, shouldn't they be compensated? I mean, if a player's compensated, shouldn't the goat, Nick Saban, and Aaron Rodgers for that much be compensated for their time. I think it's that double edged sword that we're, we're seeing in NIL and now somebody has done it in the media with these interviews and it could be going to it being more common, which I, as a consumer, I don't necessarily want to see that, but I also want to hear what they have to say.
3: Yeah, and the thing is, Nick Saban, when he's on the show, he's so forthright. And I, but I wonder if he feels pressure to sort of deliver. Yeah, yeah, to deliver a great performance based on the amount he's being compensated. The answer to
1: that is hell no.
2: No, I know, but, no. but, but saying, I understand the is point is of your is question.
3: The, is, is is the interview compromised? Is the integrity of the interview compromised by the fact that he's being compensated? That's a great point, and you could do it that way. But we know, Saban. and he's not. Yeah, he's I, not going to do that. Now, I, I'm Robert, in by by the way, you
1: pay a million guy a million dollars a year. The guy's rehabbing. Yeah, he's still a hot button though. Yeah,
3: anyway. uh, but I'm talking really in the abstract. Like, is the is the integrity of the interview compromised when you're being compensated for the interview? I think so. I think so too.
2: So, in I, the abstract,
3: I, not yeah, necessarily. i exactly. a journalist, yeah.
2: so you you come from a different perspective than I do, but also know Coach Sabin and I've heard him speak so many times and what i see on tv is not any different than what i've seen him just even in at the country club i mean would you he,
1: pay to see him speak
2: well i do at <laughs> nick at noon well
1: and i i mean yeah, except and i guess I'm you not do there. in some ways for your contribution to the university, and he speaks to certain groups like yours, and I guess indirectly you are paying for it.
3: What did you think of uh, Nick Saban's lecture that he gave uh, at the, in the media room at...
1: <laughs> nothing. The, nothing. The, the, uh, the, importance the importance of nothing. The importance of nothing. Of nothing. Did you, have you heard
2: oh, it Oh yeah, I've heard it. Listen, I listen to everything he has to say, because he always has a great message.
1: Hey, we got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we've got Steve Irvine, and he's talking football. He's talking homecoming. I'm not going to ask him about the Atlanta Braves. I'm still in mourning. You're listening to Big Noon Sports live from free. It's the Friday place to be, even if it is the 13th. Now, especially because it's the 13th. Ooh.
3: Call Haley on her cell. Yes, her cell. 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you.
0: NLMS number 230376. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight. Just a small chance of a shower. The high today 68. The low tonight 60. Tomorrow becoming mostly sunny. The high 76. Sunday much cooler. Cloudy at times. Maybe a few sprinkles the high 63. I'm James Fan on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 69 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
4: Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports. You can hear the Bama fans homecoming.
1: Rolling some tide, pigs coming into town. Early kickoff, 11 o'clock, so you might as well start celebrating right now, 1 o'clock. And 115, because uh, we've got the beers a-flowing, sandwiches are amazing. Well, I'm going to get one of those Rubens at uh, Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Brokers' guest. So I'm going to get that. But uh, we're going to bring on our next guest. First of all, your code this hour is 584. 584 is the code. Go to our app. And tied 100.9 and punch in those three digits and you got a shot at winning 30K. Our next guest is Steve Irvine, and he is with the UAB Collective Group. And I'll let you give us the name again. Steve, how are you?
7: I'm good. How are you guys today?
1: Good. I've been reading some of your stuff online. How do others?
7: Uh, well, it's at MagicCityImpact.com, uh, and uh, we're... Um, it's, uh, you know, every, we've gone basically behind a paywall for most of our stuff. There's some stuff you can read for free, but, uh, you know, the money goes toward the collective, uh, for, for the UAB athletes and, uh, and, and there's a, you know, on there you can you show you how you subscribe, but, uh, we've, um, we're about, uh, I don't know, we're about five weeks old now, I guess, and maybe six weeks, five or six weeks, and I've really had a good, uh, good time doing it. And I, you know, I, 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 I would, uh, welcome, uh, anybody to come read us.
1: Yeah, I see links to it all the time on Facebook, and I imagine it's on other platforms as well. Lars and Laura Lee and I were talking about something. We'll pass uh, the question along to you uh, about mm-hmm. Pat McAfee now paying uh, Nick Saban equipment somewhere around a million dollars, and Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure, is in the same neighborhood. Uh, from a journalist standpoint, paying for interviews, where does Steve Irvine, uh side on this?
7: Well, I mean, certainly the old school... Uh the old school in me doesn't, uh, you know, it cringes when I hear that. Um, maybe starts crying a little bit when I hear that. But, uh, I mean, I think it is what, that's where we, that's what we become, you know, and, uh, I hate it. You know, I hate that part of it. I hate that we have become, uh, you know, have come to there. But, um, you know, I mean, to me, it just kind of is, is what the business is now. And, and, uh, which, which is unfortunate because it's changed, it's changed the way we, uh, certainly, Certainly, the way we cover sports these days is, is different than when when you know when I was young in the business and and yourself and just you know I mean and Lars, I mean it's just it's changed a lot. But uh, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of it, but I understand it.
3: Steve, uh, before we get your opinion of Alabama, Arkansas, and because I, I know you you obviously pay attention to what's going on in this state and not just UAB. I want to focus on UAB. Uh, UAB is essentially at the midway point of their schedule. Uh, they started out the season with a victory over North Carolina AT&T and then lost four games in a row. And then last week, came out and had a really nice performance against South Florida, beating them 56-35, which prompted me to ask Matt if we can use a transitive property and say that uh, is UAB better than Alabama? Because you know,
1: algebra <laughs> it, does, it, does, it doesn't Jesus.
3: work that way, right?
2: A equals, no, wait, a wait, I, thought, B. I thought it did work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If a, a equals B equals C... A equals C. <laughs> right. That doesn't apply to college football. Oh, oh okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. so you okay. follow me here, Steve? So, uh, um, no. Well, so, yeah. Anyway. That, but, but,
3: but really, what I want to know, just your assessment of UAB pretty much at the at the halfway point, and also the job that Trent Dilfer has done.
7: Well, you know, honestly, you can kind of see the growth. You can see them growing. You can see them taking steps, and, and yeah, it didn't come as quick as a lot of people wanted. You know, you take out the Louisiana game, which they just didn't play well that night, and and you take out that and you can really see growth. You saw growth against Georgia, even though they lost conventionally. You know, you certainly saw growth against uh, Tulane in a game that they really should have won. And then, uh, and, and, then you come to, um, you, know, you come last Saturday and they put it all together. And the great thing uh, to me that the, the thing that I thought was best about, uh, Saturday of where they are right now and Saturday's win over USF is, they really, there was, there was times where they didn't really play that well. I mean, they, they really, they had, they got a lot, a lot of big plays and the big plays, you know, they took advantage of and, and, and ended up, you know, running away because of the big plays, but consistency wasn't great in that game. I mean, there was times where they, they really left stuff on the field and they just did thing you know, did things that, um, weren't consistently where they need to be, which, which to me is the best, best, I don't know, best scenario for a team because, You win big and you do enough to win big, but yet you can turn on that film and go, Hey, now wait a minute. Look at this. Look at that. You know, we got to do this better. We got to do that better. And it keeps, you know, it kind of keeps them grounded a little bit, I think. And, and so, uh, I I think, um, I I think they still got a ways to go, but uh, they've taken a lot of steps. And, you know, I, and I, I really, I really kind of enjoyed watching Trent Dilfer through this season because, you know, it's his first year in college football and, and and you can see him growing on his job. I mean, you can see it, and and it's kind of refreshing a little bit is he's never hesitated to say, "Hey, I haven't, you know, this is my first time, and I haven't, I haven't done this, I haven't done that, and and I'm learning too." And and you can kind of see him learning, and you can see his staff learning. And you know, I think these next two games for them, if you know, they go to they go to uh, uh, UTSa tomorrow. Uh, for a huge game, and then they come back and play the battle for the bones against uh, against Memphis, which is you know was traditionally one of their biggest rivals. And you know if they can if they can find a way to to win those two games, I mean it's it, you know they've got a chance to really make a lot of noise toward the end of the season with the, with their growth. But you know obviously it starts with tomorrow, but uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow.
2: Well, so. As a new coach to college football, um, and you mentioned that you saw him, uh, Trent Dilford, he, he's growing and his staff is growing. Um, how do you think his players, um, you know, you talk about uh, coaches that are players' coaches. And do you, would you consider him a players' coach?
7: Oh, no doubt. I mean, I, I think that he's uh, absolutely a player's coach. I mean, I think that's what he's all about, you know, the, the players. And that's not to say, you know, sometimes we think we, we kind of look at it, you know, somebody called it a player's coach and you sort of think, like, okay, whether well, he's e- easy on the players, he lets them get away with stuff, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's not like that at all. I mean, he's tough on them now. He's very, very tough on them. But he's very good to them. And he's very, you know, it's all every, every decision he makes. Is about what's best for the player, you know, in his mind. And, and so I think he's absolutely a player's coach. I think it's, uh, I think part of what, um, what sort of the adjustment among the players, especially the returning players, now, they've got a lot of new players. They got 50 something new players, uh, overall, you know, uh, on, on the roster. And so they've got a lot of new players. And, but I think the ones, the returning ones, it's been an adjustment for them because he, he coaches different than the last half, you know, in the last half that, you know, and, and and that then and the returners loved that last half so much that it was it was kind of a you know a little feeling out process, a little bit um, you know a little bit of like well you' are gonna have to prove it to me type thing and I think he certainly has with, with those guys and, and, and I think I think that's where you've seen a lot of the growth. a lot of the returning guys uh, that they really counted on struggled a little bit early in the season they struggled a little bit and you, and you kind of looked at them like what's going on? But I think as they have become more and more accustomed to him during the season, you know, during the actual season and not the off-season stuff, I think they they've started to play better, and I think that's been uh, that's been part of why they why they've really grown.
1: Steve Irvine from MagicCityInput.com in- dot com is our guest. Steve, I'm going to steer back to the Southeastern Conference and what's going to happen tomorrow in Baton Rouge. I don't know how many of these games you covered, but. I know you're aware this game is the craziest, wackiest rivalry in the Southeastern Conference. And it's not always because what happens on the field. You remember a couple of years ago when the barn started on fire?
7: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, come on now. I mean, in, 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 we're really in Baton Rouge and Auburn. It's been crazy. But, uh, you yeah. know, you, that can't that can't surprise you that crazy things happen in Baton Rouge. Uh, you know, I mean, or Auburn, really. I mean, Auburn's always been a kind of a – you never know what's going to happen there either. But, uh, you know, and I think we'll see the same thing on Saturday because I still don't get a really good feel on either team about exactly who they are. You know, I think they're – it's almost like – each week you look at them and you think, okay, I've got them figured out now, and and you know then you don't, you know, and and I mean I, honestly, the the LSU Missouri game last week, I'm watching the early part of that. I had to, I had to you know I was heading to the UAB game, but I got to see the early part, and and I you know I leave that game thinking, okay, well you know Missouri's going to win this game, you know, because I really thought they were out playing them early, and then. You know, by the time I got to protective, I think, and, you know, LSU, had, you know, was ahead. And so, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. And, and Auburn certainly you can't figure it out week to week, you know. Are they the team that, uh, you know, that, that, that played so well against Georgia or or, or not? I don't know. But uh, but it, it'll be a wacky game, and it'll be fun to watch. I can guarantee you it'll be fun to watch.
1: You remember just a couple of years? It was, it was more than that. My time flies. But remember when Damon Duvall... The Auburn kicker got into a fight with two band members in the end zone.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Well, now come on, <laughs> that I kind of understand. <laughs> Just, they were. I, I, I mean, any time I, I, I can i am I'm not a fighter, but if I was, I think I would have gotten some fight with some LSU people over the years too, as obnoxious as they are. So I sort of understand that one.
1: Never walk out of Death Valley with any type of Alabama gear on. If. You've beat them, which has been the norm rather than uh, the exception over the years. But then, of course, there was the 1987 game, which I could go on and on about because Greg Spruce and I were there for uh, the earthquake game. Never, never yeah, experienced I, anything like that in my life.
7: I can't imagine. I can't imagine. And you know, Kevin Scarbince got a brick throw, thrown through his window, uh, parked outside of uh, you know. He, and and I think I think I have this story right. I think it was a rental car. But he rented it in. in uh, he rented it in Alabama because he didn't want to take his own car there with his Alabama tag. and uh, he ended up getting a brick thrown through his window during the game. So, you know, <laughs> nobody's safe there. That's for sure.
1: Crazy. All right, Steve, can you hang through? Let's ask. Yeah, Let's talk About Alabama and Arkansas. Okay, yeah, Steve Irvine from. MagicCityInput.com is our guest. We are live at Innisfree. Come by, have a burger and a beer with us as we get ready for homecoming weekend at Capstone.
0: Built to win. Touchdown, Alabama! Built for championships. Well, intercepted, Alabama. Built by Bama.
1: Alabama is still
0: Alabama. The Crimson Tide plays here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide take on Arkansas in an SEC showdown. Our coverage begins at 8 a.m. on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Course, Birminghamracecourse.com. You can be a winner too. Sports
4: Talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. It is big noon sports live from Ennis Free, the Friday
1: place to be. Come by and see us. It's homecoming weekend. Whether you're a little pig fan or a Crimson Tide fan, we got a table and a cold beer waiting on you. I want to remind all of you, and I may try and talk Lars into doing a little of this. I don't know. We got things to do on the road, but Bama baseball plays this afternoon at five o'clock at the Joe, and their opponent is Auburn. And what did you tell me earlier about the tickets, Laura
2: Admission is free. Free. We were
1: talking about basketball tickets. Now, they're making baseball free.
2: Well, it is today. It is today. Yeah. And it's the Auburn game. So, I mean, that's going to be fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's It's great. It's homecoming. That's really. Of all the things that are going on, that's the perfect fit. Well. Steve, before we. Sorry, go ahead, Laura. I was
2: going to say, if you're going to talk baseball, you have to talk softball.
1: What's going on there? I may not know.
2: Uh, the girls are playing a doubleheader against Wallace State on Sunday. Thank you. Those tickets are $5. Gee.
3: How do you know all of this? She's a red Alabama broker. <laughs> You're no. the Bama broker. I'm wow. the
0: Bama broker. The Bama broker I mean, offers you all this information. Who is the women's softball team playing <laughs> in 29 days? And how much are tickets?
3: Five dollars.
5: You
2: know, that's why <laughs> I, I I took that name is because I'm um, people who know me know I Bleak crimson. I know all about anything Alabama sports
3: and Alabama real estate. Well, and real we'll, we'll estate talk really about that in a second. But, uh, okay, Steve, I want to get back to you. Um, the most fascinating game in, in the country this weekend to me is Washington, number 7th-ranked uh, Washington Huskies, hosting in Seattle the Oregon Ducks in uh, in a major Pac-12 showdown. Washington's 5-0, and o, Oregon is 5-0. and o. Uh, Washington's Michael Penix Jr., their quarterback has just played amazing. Bo Nix also right there in the Heisman conversation. Uh, I think right now, uh, they're both in the top three with Caleb Williams at USC and it's my belief whoever plays better and wins this game Really has the inside track to winning the Heisman Trophy. So not only is there a uh, a, a, a seat at the table for the national or for the uh, college football playoffs on the line here, but there's also I think the Heisman Trophy is on the line. How do you see this game?
7: Well, I, I totally agree. it's a great game. I totally agree about the Heisman uh, thing there. I you know I think that one thing that that people in, in this part of the country don't understand is just how big this rivalry is you know and and it's it's not you know not just this year i mean they this is a big rivalry man these these uh these two teams are you know really in in some years and in some some eras sometimes uh it's probably bigger than than their you know than their their regular traditional rival, you know we're bigger than oregon oregon state bigger than washington state washington uh you know really and i think that's kind of what it is right now i think um you know, that's a tough place to play. I like, you know, I like Washington. You know, I like where they're playing defensively. I like, uh, you know, I just think that, that that's going to be tough, uh, you know, a tough task for, for, uh, for a really good Oregon team. So I, you know, I, I, I think if, if I were to pick it, I would probably pick Washington because, you know, simply because of home, home field advantage. And i you know, I've been there when, when Washington was rolling. You know, I've been there when there was, uh, you know, when they had, I was, covering covered a game one year there when they went to Rose Bowl one of the Rose Bowl seasons, and, man, that's a tough place to play. You know, you got that. First off, you get kind of caught up in how beautiful it is, and you start, you know, almost like you're sightseeing a little bit, and then, you know, you got that, uh, you know, got the wind coming off the, the lake there, and, and you know, it's going to be and probably, probably
3: be chilly. That's a, and That's exactly what I wanted to ask you about, and that overhanging aluminum roof. Which just yeah. causes the noise to vibrate back down onto the field, and it's uh, i don't know—I don't know if you've taken in a game from the the sidelines there. I have, and it is absolutely discombobulating. It is so loud. How big of a home field advantage is this for Washington?
7: Well, I, I think it's huge. I mean, I think it's huge, and you know, when with especially with what they're at right now, because I think there was some, there were several years that, that you know Washington was down, especially compared to what they were. You know, back, back, you know, in the day, back in the probably what late, late nineties, you know, early two thousands, maybe. And, uh, so I think that it's been a, it's a fan base that's really hungry for, for these, these, these most recent times. They've had a few, few good years and, you know, recently. And, and so I think it's even going to be, you know, like I say when, when, and you like, like you just described, I mean, I, I have watched, I've watched the end of games that from, from the sidelines and one of them was, one of them was close. And so it, it was still really loud and, and, so I think that that home that home field advantage is worth you know I don't know worth seven or ten points or whatever it may be if um you know if, if Oregon doesn't handle handle it right you know which uh, which you know honestly and you know this real well is honestly you don't really have a whole lot of situations where you go in the Pac uh, pack twelve and and have you know really bad home home field you know home field advantage for the other team you know one. One of the, one of those, probably the two stadiums that's, that that you have that at, well, you know, one of them is Oregon. You know, so Oregon, you know, they, they when teams come into to it's tough, but when they go on the road, you know, yeah, and you know, in the rivalry game, and Oregon State's a tough place to play when they when they get a lot of people in there. But you know, really, other than that, you don't you don't get a whole lot of um, situations where you have to worry too much about Quick the follow. crowd being a factor, like you will tomorrow.
3: Quick follow. Do you think uh, the fact that Bo Nix has played in the SEC, he's played in these really loud environments, makes him uniquely equipped to play there on Sunday? And also just uh, your reflection on the, the did I say Patrick Nix again? Uh, Bo Nix, uh, just the, the journey of Bo Nix. And uh, I certainly am one of, uh, I think, a lot of people in the state of Alabama that will be cheering for the Ducks tomorrow and for Bo Nix
7: Right, right. I mean, I think that's a great point you make about, about him playing in SEC stadiums and in that noise. I mean, I think he's equipped for that, but I think he's equipped for that just in his, in his temperament, too. I mean, I think he's just, uh, you know, he's, he's been around it so long and, 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 you know, I think, I think he just has that temperament, whether he played in SEC or not, but I, but it certainly, that certainly helps. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, I think that what I really liked about Bo Nicks, about his, his, his story is, you know there was so much pressure with for him in Auburn there, and you know with with his dad and you know all that situation and I just think it's wonderful that he you know he decided to not only go somewhere else but just just say, you know I'm going across country. I mean he went about as far as you can go and it's about as different uh, places you can go from from where he, you know where he grew up and where he was going you know at Auburn and it's really thrived and and i think I think it's really neat. I mean I think it's really, that the whole story's neat and. Yeah, I would love to see. I would love to see Oregon, you know, keep winning, you know, because I've always kind of liked their program and liked the way they do things, and, and you know, they're fun to watch. And, uh, you know, so I, I would like to see. I I'm, I'm If I'm rooting, I'm probably rooting for them tomorrow.
3: Laura Lee, you did not like that question I asked. She about fell out of her chair. I think we just lost our sponsor here uh, because I am uh, supporting Bo Nicks.
2: Well, he went to the other schools. He's not school. at the other school still anymore. Like, I don't still
1: know. Like
2: I mean still that's why I was like half the day. So it's Bo
3: Nix nice. is tainted? Is that what you're saying?
2: Oh. That
1: is what she did am I, I exactly <laughs> saying. Let me clear something up for you, Lars. She's not riding solo here. <laughs> there are there are like, and most of them are Alabama fans. They don't want anybody that is steps foot at Auburn, wears orange, wears blue. They don't want any success. Oh,
2: not even if it's Oregon. And when uh a very um famous hamburger joint Sponsored him with their tea. I have not had one drop of it since then.
3: Of course. Wow.
7: So,
2: I mean, you (laughs) know.
3: Don't
7: don't you just love football in the South? Well, the best. Well, particularly
1: in this state, because uh, you want to talk about taking things to extreme. So, it's not just this state. I think
3: the the epicenter
1: of this state is Laura Lee. (laughs)
7: There you (laughs) go. (laughs) go. (laughs) Perfect.
1: Uh, is there a, what's, what is your favorite ice cream? Are you an ice cream person?
2: I love ice cream. Okay.
1: What if Bo Nix had sponsored your favorite ice cream? You would not no, eat it anymore?
2: I'm done. Wow. Done. Wow. <laughs> wow. Like I said, I right. haven't had one drop of that very good tea since then. Wow. <laughs> It just runs deep. I don't apologize for it.
1: You know, I, I, you know, I see it all the time. But uh, and, and I've got a couple of buddies that won't pull for Auburn against anyone. And I say, if Auburn wins a game and it benefits Alabama, aren't you going to pull for Auburn? No. That
2: I do. When you it do be, when it
1: benefits. Alabama well, thank Only you. when it benefits Alabama,
2: and and I'm not like super pulling for him. <laughs> you're not all in. I'm not <laughs> against them.
1: So if they lose and it doesn't help Alabama, you're still okay with it. Yeah. All right.
2: Well, will wow. you drink Milo's tea there in I didn't say their
1: name. <laughs> There's a potential sponsor on the line here, Steve. Let's play close to the best. Okay. Hey, Steve, have a great weekend and uh, continued success with you and Tim Stevens' effort from magiccityinput.com. Thank you, sir.
7: I uh, appreciate you guys. Have a good weekend. All right.
1: Thanks, yeah. bud. Something's going to take place tomorrow during the Alabama game. And according to James Spann, you might not even notice it. But it's kind of a major phenomenon. We'll talk about it on the other side of this break. We're live at Innisfree on Big Noon Sports.
0: Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight, just a small chance of a shower. The high today 68, the low tonight 60. Tomorrow becoming mostly sunny, the high 76. Sunday much cooler, cloudy at times, maybe a few sprinkles, the high 63. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 70 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
4: From T-Town to the plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sport. I'm realizing how many I didn't hear when he was alive that are fabulous.
1: Uh, A lot of people, Johnny Cashman. We play that because it'll be a ring of fire at 1208 tomorrow during the Alabama game. And that is a partial, I was going to say (laughs) lunar. It's a partial eclipse of the sun. That's a line from another song, isn't it? What's the total eclipse?
2: Total
1: of the eclipse. Yeah. Total eclipse of the heart. Yeah, I'm getting it all mixed up. Anyway, there's an eclipse tomorrow, and I was reading about uh, James Van said about it, and uh, he said really not going to be that noticeable because you know you have to cover the sun totally. Half the sun still lights the Earth like a full sun. So anyway, I'm trying to play meteorologist and. I'm not succeeding. So the uh, the solar eclipse tomorrow will first uh, touch down in the U.S.
3: as they say in Oregon at uh, 9:13 Pacific time. So that is uh, it's 11:30 our time here, and then the partial eclipse stage will hit the U.S. West Coast at uh, 11:30. Or sorry, 11:03, so that would be yeah, uh, one oh three. So um, we'll see. Yeah, it's not anything but it, but it is a uh, it is like you said, it's a ring of fire solar yep. solar eclipse. The
1: ring of fire. How was that? Pretty bad. Lori, are you jacked up about the eclipse, or are you just moving right along? No.
2: Uh, I'll be in the middle of a football game, yeah, you will. so I won't be paying attention to And we all clubs. know
1: what you won't be drinking. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to the phones as we wrap up this edition at Free, the place to be on Friday and any other day for that matter. Let's go to Leon, who's dialed 205-342-9904. Leon. Wow, that's a solar eclipse right there. Leon, the plans you made put an end to me. I'm just gonna do Just a reminder.
3: Here. Never look directly at the sun during a solar eclipse. Bad, bad idea. Instead use solar eclipse glasses yeah, or a pinhole glasses. camera, um, like we made when we were in second grade.
1: You know, here's the deal. There's a propensity to look at the sun when the eclipse happens. You're not supposed to look at the sun directly anytime. <laughs> I mean, does it take the eclipse to make people aware of that? As a kid, though,
3: didn't you look at the sun once yeah, and, and, and realize it, it was a bad idea? It was
1: I remember exactly. I was I right do in too. the back of the car. Was, it was right you after my mom told me, don't look at the sun. feeling weird. Look at the sun. Ah. It'll burn your retina. Again. The ring of fire. All right,
3: Laura Lee, uh, how do you see this game unfolding tomorrow? your uh, assessment, your vision of how it's going to go?
2: Well, I think our defense is going to continue to step up, and I think they're going to cause a lot of trouble for K.J. Jefferson. Uh, Arkansas's offensive line has been abysmal, and uh, they have been actually worse than Alabama's offensive line, which are stepped up. So if our defense keeps playing the way they've been playing and then our offense, uh, our offensive line plays the way that they played against A&M, I think you're going to see a much higher scoring game on the Alabama side. Uh, yeah, I don't see Arkansas I don't think we'll keep them out of the end zone, although we could, because I think that K.J. Jefferson may drag a few people into the end yeah, zone. Yeah, he'll
1: make a play Yeah. A three.
2: Yeah. And so. I
1: think we can guarantee that. Lars, I uh, I would like to see Alabama, you know, we've been talking about this murder ball. I'd like to see that happen again in true form. And here's the one thing, and I know y'all would agree with this, that uh, we've observed, they said it on national TV, Alabama used to be, we get the ball, first time of the game, seven points. I mean, how many times did Bryce lead us to first possession touchdowns? I think it was like 10 out of 12 games or something last year. It's a phenomenal number. But I'd love to see Alabama come out there and mash and and, and dash and smash and and score. Make it seven or nothing early and then just kind of keep Arkansas at arm's length.
3: Yeah, I think the main thing that uh, I'll be looking at is Alabama's offensive line. Can they create running lanes uh, for the Alabama running backs? Can Alabama get that running game going? That is going to be so important moving forward. Everybody always says, and it's cliche, what's a quarterback's best friend? A good running game. Uh, Put yourself in uh, positions to succeed. Uh, Second and five, third and two, very manageable. You need the running game to get going. 23 yards like last week absolutely will not cut it moving forward. And you look at Arkansas, what they have done uh, this year, they're on a four-game losing streak, but uh, you know they played BYU close, lost 38-31 at home. Went on the road to play LSU. They outplayed LSU and uh, ended up losing 34-31. Then uh, went on the road and uh, played A&M on September 30th. Lost 34-22. Played them tight. And then last week uh, at Oxford, man, is this right? They've uh, been on the road three straight weeks. But I guess that Arlington game at Texas A&M, maybe neutral site. Actually, no, it's not neutral site. <laughs> Strike that. That is uh, three. Uh, they're going to be on the road four straight weeks. That's a, that's huh? that's a tough schedule. Yeah. That's a tough schedule. And, and last week they played uh, Ole Miss and lost 27-20 again. Played good. Yep. So this team Had to lead I'm late. I'm just telling you, this team is is dangerous. Yeah. And they have talent at quarterback. I think K J Jefferson is special. Laura Lee, your point about him being a similar player to Jalen Milrow and the fact that Alabama's been going against that uh, in practice, I think is a very good one. Um But, uh like I said earlier, I like Alabama 34-17. I don't think Alabama covers the 19-and-a-half uh, point spread.
1: I think we do, don't we? One oh, of our I scorers? do. Um, it's a 36. Actually, I don't. Wait, go. doesn't Alabama win, like, by
3: 100 every time for you guys?
1: What is that now? <laughs> when we pick them? <laughs> when have you not picked Alabama this year? I've I picked Alabama every No, wait a minute. I might have. I need my, I need my notes. Picks. I, you I need know my what? notes. I don't pick against the spread except on this show. And I'm not really sure. I think I picked Alabama. I'm, I am week, one of those yeah. people. I'm one of those people that even if we're an underdog, I'm probably going to pick us anyway.
3: Yeah, I'm the only That's one. Pick. I, I'm picking Arkansas, but Alabama's going to win. Um, last week. Let's see, we all had Bama covering over 8 now. Look at you in your notepad. Yeah, That's I know. Actually no, I'm actually very uh, organized, and this is very surprising. <laughs> um, and the week before that, Bama at Mississippi State. We all had Bama. Uh week before that, Ole Miss at Bama. Uh, let's see, Matt, you had Bama. Lars had Bama and Reagan had Bama, so I guess, uh, I shouldn't be saying anything. Uh, week three, Bama had South Florida. Uh, guess who, uh, took South Florida? Yours truly, Matt took Bama. Getting yeah. Minus 33.
1: Yeah, <laughs> work out so well. <laughs> Alabama won. Right,
3: uh, week, uh, let's see here. Does it really matter? I mean, does anybody care other than you and me? And the, fact, the fact that I am uh, absolutely drilling you. Uh,
1: winning, I'm 18 and 6, hey, you're 14 and 10. Let me see 10. your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, uh, Lee, I want to know as we roll out here from Ennis Free, I don't know if you express your thoughts on it, but do you think Bonix is going to be watching? <laughs> <laughs> How's the housing market in Tuscaloosa? (laughs) Yeah, really, that's an important question. How's business?
2: Business is pretty good. I mean, it's slowed down a lot, but uh, people are still buying and selling.
1: So they still need you. How do they get in touch with you, Laura Lee, Bama Broker?
2: At the Bama Broker. My social media is at the Bama Broker. You can call me at Advantage Realty Group or you can call me on my cell at 205 790 7229.
1: Awesome. What do you say? We gather and do this again next week. what your you order, Lars? Chicken? Chicken round? Yeah, chicken Caesar wrap. Chicken
3: Caesar I like it so much wrap. I don't order one. I order two.
2: Well, I have to warn you all, guys, that my Tennessee brethren are coming in. So there will be Vols fans in the house. Bring them here. And Bring
3: them to R&R. You know,
2: man. they're Hope big-time Hope. Vols fans. So graduates, they'll be here.
1: That'll Thank be fun. Laura appreciate your... Hosting the show with us and sponsoring it as well. And, um, and thanks uh, Reed, soon, soon will be
3: replacing us,
1: clearly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have you already auditioned for partners? Like, <laughs> hell, you don't need a partner. <laughs> um, hey, have a great weekend. Roll time. Hey,
5: Bema fans.